that I personally know and I think is pretty incredible. Uh, what's even more incredible is her story that we're going to talk about today. But let me go through and read a little bit of information about her. Uh, Samantha Tove has been with REMAX Gold for 12 years and a team leader for the last seven years with her partner, Judy, as uh, the team leader for the last six years. Her team consists of five agents and one assistant. She has been in the Outstanding Life Member Masters Club last year in 2015. She also loves to train agents, mentor others, to be good at what they do best, real estate or networking. She is currently the Women's Council of Realtors, Placer County 2016 president. She's a member of ARIA and NAREP, and she loves to support all kinds of organizations for networking opportunities. She does a ton of charity work, and she is the mother of two amazing, smart, and beautiful girls who are 16 and 15. Yes, I've met them. They are very smart and beautiful. She also spent 26 years as an entrepreneur in managing and helping her parents run three yogurt shops, two donut shops, and a Chinese restaurant. That's awesome. She enjoys cooking all types of food in her free time, and she also helps out as the manager for her daughter's basketball team and Girl Scouts leader for the last 11 years of her other daughter's troop. So welcome, Samantha. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You know, I I want you to tell your story because I've heard this before, and it always brings me to tears, but... I think you're just such an amazing woman and you've accomplished so much in your life, but I know that a huge part of your drive comes from where you have come from and and how you grew up and the experiences that got you here to the United States. So would you be willing to go ahead and share that story with us a little bit? Sure. Um, My journey started um, back where I was born in Cambodia and... 19, I was born in 73. In 1975, the war broke out, the, um, where the genocide war in Cambodia. And if people watch um, the movie, the Academy Award-winning movie, The Killing Fields, that's what I lived through for about three and a half years. So when, the, um, when they invaded where my town, where we let, lived, I was um, three and a half years old. And when I came to the United States, I was six years old. So during that time, we lived in um, little camps or out in the woods in the forest. We ate what we could find. We drank water where we could find it. I remember one time there was a hole in the ground, and we would put a rope with a cup down there and pull up some water. We would sit there and wait till all the mud goes down and take the water from the top and boil it, and that's what we would drink or um, live off. Me and my brother would go out and find crickets or whatnot for my parents, to, my mom to cook. My dad served in the um, 
for work for the soldiers and stuff, and he would cook or carry water for them. So it was very hard. And wow. there's, time, there's times and days that we would go without food or, uh, or anything to eat. And when we do, my mom, I remember my mom would take a, a handful of rice, she would put it in a huge pot of water, and she would cook it and boil it, and we would drink just the rice water. And I thought well, we, we would have to eat. And then when we get to the bottom of the pan where the rice is, she would give it to me and my brother, and she would not eat. That's the kind of mother that I grew up with. She's my inspiration for everything that I do today. So we came to the United States in 1979. We were sponsored by some social worker in Oklahoma City. Um, the way it worked, how you came to the United States was the Americans. Um, we traveled from Cambodia to Thailand, and you would put your name in a, a lottery, and you would have to enter a lottery to get your name pulled to be sponsored to either France or to the United States. So my mom put her real name um, going to France, and my dad put his real name coming to the United States, and their spouse would, um, um, with fake names to either one of those countries. But my parents got their names actually called for both. They, they were lucky enough to be called for France and the United States. My parents chose the United States because they, they, they heard about how you can, the American dream and how America has more opportunities in France. So we came and my parents worked whatever jobs they could. The church nuns taught my dad English at night and my mom would wash um, dishes. My dad was working in janitor. He was cleaning toilets and washing dishes. They both didn't have cars. They would walk at 6 in the morning. I remember they wouldn't come home till late at night. And it was just me and my brother at home for a long time. Um, oh, I forgot a story. Um, so when we were um, in Cambodia, um, if you were pregnant, you would actually get medicine and a little bit more food. So my mom got pregnant with my sister during the war. Mind you, when we were in the war, there was a lot of kids and babies left behind because parents couldn't take care of them. I remember um, running um, away from the gunshots, and I would see babies um, being left behind. And um, how, like, the stork would carry a baby with a towel, uh, wrapped mm-hmm. around its beak, I would remember seeing lots of babies being hung on trees and left behind in just a, um, a tower or a blanket because the parents couldn't take care of them, couldn't carry them anymore. They chose to run for their lives instead of taking their child with them. So I'm very fortunate that my oh. my parents um, found the willpower to raise me and my brother and during the war get pregnant with my sister, I think without having my sister, we wouldn't be here today. Having her gave us a little bit more more food or rice because we would line up for long lines where the Americans would actually offer rice um, to kids. Parents were not allowed to line up. It was only given to kids, and you get a, a handful of rice in a bag for each kid. So me and my brother would line up. My mom would line up 
separately because she was pregnant. So that's how we got food and survived the war. And so when we came to the United States, my parents worked two jobs each, whatever jobs they could find, and they saved up um, money. My mom was a waitress. She worked herself um, up from washing dishes to waitressing, and they heard about Los Angeles and thought there's more Asians there and they could um, um, communicate better because they couldn't speak English that well. So we lived in Oklahoma City for six years, and then we moved to um, Los Angeles in 1985, and then we survived a few earthquakes back then, and I think in 86, I was in school, and there was an earthquake, and I was I didn't know what was happening, and people was like, get out of the building. I go, what? What happened? <laughs> so it was, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was awakening. So my mom um, worked as waitress, and then in a few years down the line, she actually bought um, a yoga shop, and then she bought a restaurant, and then she bought a donut shop. And at the age of 12, I was helping them translate and running these businesses um, after school on weekends. I was not allowed to go out or play. So I just worked and worked and worked, and then... When I was um, 19, um, when I graduated high school, I um, I wanted to go to um, college to be an attorney, but my parents felt like um, women, um, girls shouldn't go to college, so they bought me a Chinese restaurant instead. So oh, funny. <laughs> so, so was that a, a cultural thing that girls didn't go to school? You know, my mom and my dad was raised differently. They were not. Um, given education and they didn't know what it was and what it was all about. My brother actually got a full scholarship to UC Irvine and they didn't even allow him to go there. So instead he went to Cal State LA and I worked my butt off paying for that college instead of him going to um, a full ride at UC Irvine. So um, when you're not educated, you're very small-minded and you don't trust um, the system as much. Now we live in a days where parents encourage their kids to apply for everything to excel in school. I was, um, my grade point average was 3.6. My brother was 4.2. And they said, well, he's getting straight A. He can go to college. You didn't get straight A's. You shouldn't go to college because I don't think you would be successful. So they bought me a restaurant instead. So I ran that restaurant for eight years. But a year after I graduated and my mom buying me that restaurant, my mom was managing a bigger restaurant, um, which holds wedding parties for a thousand people. My dad ran a donut shop, and I ran a smaller Chinese restaurant. So at the age of nine, um, after we bought that restaurant, the Rodney King happened, the riot, and it destroyed yeah. my restaurant and everything. But we rebuilt it in three days with boarded windows. We opened. There was lines out the door because. It was in um, Los Angeles where people were hungry and it didn't matter about the riot. We opened and and rebuilt. And then about six months down the line, after rebuilding that, my mom was actually abducted and killed on December 19 in 1992. Oh. So at 19, I grew up really, really fast. 
and I had to work harder to I felt like I was man of the house I my I took care of my dad raised my brother and sister my sister was 13 my brother was 21 in college so it's been very hard and when I was 24 I think my grandmother um was trying to marry me off so I had a lot oh, of well. suitors I had a lot of suitors that came to my restaurant where I managed to check me out. So in a way, I felt like it was, I was still living in the Asian culture where parents know best, grandparents know best. So I got married at 25 to um, my ex-husband from San Francisco, and that's where I... And then I moved to... After I had my first child... I moved to San Francisco to be with him. So it was a long-distance marriage in the beginning. I lived in L.A. and he lived in San Francisco until I gave birth to my daughter. Then I moved to San Francisco and my dad took over the um, restaurant. And then um, I got my real estate license and started doing real estate. And and we moved to Sacramento. And my husband traveled a lot and then... um, we got a divorce because of um, extra marital affairs and he was never home. So I, the last eight years I've been raising my kids and working hard because of my kids. I want them to have a better life, the life that I couldn't have, the education I couldn't have. So I'm very proud that my daughter's um, grades just came out and my daughters are 4.6 at McClatchy oh in the program. She excels That's my expectation. Yes. I I try to put it in my kids that education's everything and giving back to the community as well. So we enjoy doing community service together and I want them to follow their dreams and do what they want and I don't want to be in their way. So I work really, really hard to save for their college so they can have the career and life that they want. That's, wow, what um, an inspiration you are. That is amazing. What so how how did you end up wanting to get your real estate license? What like what brought So in high school What made you decide to do that? In high school I um I took entrepreneurship and my teacher, um, Andrew DeConi, who's wrote several books um already, he told me <laughs> at my first wedding he says, you're making a mistake getting married. I know you you don't really love this guy, but you should honestly get your real estate license. I see something in you, and you would do really, really well in real estate. So after I got married, I actually took real estate classes, and then I got pregnant, and then I had my daughter, but I didn't practice until they were in preschool. And I moved to, when I moved to Sacramento, when they were four and three years old is when I decided to start my real estate career. Well, and it's, you have developed quite an amazing real estate career as well. I mean, clearly your work ethic and um, all the hard work that you have grown up doing has propelled you in the real estate world to, to do some pretty amazing things. I think it's, it, I think it, all of that comes from having people believing in you and helping you along the way. I know that I owe my career because one person saw something in me and gave me the uh, the um the idea that I can do something 
good. And and I took that path, and he's um, he's actually retired in Ventura, and he plays a role in a lot of our my classmates' lives. Um, so one of and my what was um, his name again? Can you tell me his name again? I didn't hear you before. Andrew DeConi. He's inspired Andrew. a lot of um, through my entrepreneurship class in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. He's inspired and he's one of my. Still active today, or he's retired? No, now, he's, he's retired. He's written a few a few books and novels. One of my friends from high school um, does a lanyard um, business, and very very well off. But he just passed away of a heart attack um, two weeks ago at the age of forty two. Oh, so wow. I try to tell people and my kids life is short. You know, don't wait till um you you know, you retire to do something that you love. If you want to travel, travel now. If you want to uh, go to school, go to school. If you want to change careers, make sure that the career that you follow is the career that you actually love. Um I love this um the speech that Steve Jobs gave. You know, it's do what you love, not what, um, you know, don't do something that you're not passionate about. But along the way of my career in real estate, there's been naysayers of saying that, oh, you won't be successful. It's too hard for single moms to do this and that. But, you know, if you surround yourself with the right people and the, um, the right mentors along the way, you um, you take bits and bits from here and there and you put, you imply it in your career. I've been to every coaching program, every um, class and designations. I try to educate myself as much as possible whenever possible. I've signed up for many, many different um, programs out there. Um, I've done the Brian Buffini, the Tom Ferry, the Craig Proctor, and most inspiring one was yours, uh, Marguerite. I really enjoy your um, coaching program and making a long life a friend with you and Joe, you guys inspire me and I hope that my upcoming wedding that my um, my fiance and I will have the kind of marriage that you and Joe have. It's very touching and you guys are so happy and love. So, oh, you know, you. I, I, I see my career it's my career that I also, the two things that I have ever dreamed of was being loved and finding happiness. So, And that you have a wonderful fiancé. You're getting married, what, next a couple weeks, right? Next weekend? When are you getting married? Next Sunday, Valentine's Day. Oh, that is so wonderful. That is, and he is such an amazing guy. What a great guy. You guys are going to have a fantastic wedding and relationship and everything. You know, it takes work just like anything else, as, as you well know. But I think that when you when you at least start being, by being in love with somebody and being genuinely being able to be who you are and love each other unconditionally, then the marriage is bound to be successful. I'll tell you the two rules that Joe and I have of of, of our marriage is, uh, number one, we never, ever talk about the word divorce. It's just not an option. When it's not an option, you'll figure it out, right? You'll, you'll find a way to get through. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the second one is we don't call each other names, bad names. <laughs> so we, we decided that that was probably a pretty good rule to, to not like we don't cuss at each other, you know, or, 
or call each other bad names. And and Joe always says he says horrible things. He says uh, uh, he says we, there's been plenty. You know, people always say, "Oh, don't go to bed mad." Well, there's been plenty of times we've gone to bed mad, but we've never gone to bed not loving each other. You know, so that's awesome. Hopefully, that little bit of advice will, will help you, but. So I wanted to ask about um, a little bit more about your real estate uh, career in that you have partnered. You have a partner, um, Judy, Mm -hmm. and I know that, you know, many partnerships fizzle out. They don't work very well. What do you think has been the key to making your partnership work out? Not being greedy about money, about stuff. We both. It's funny, her birthday is the day before mine, and we're eight years apart, but we think alike, so much alike. We do so much things alike, and we just want each other to have, um, to be happy. And, we're, you know, I trust her with my life more than my own family. We actually, we flip houses together. We um, we go on trips together. Um, we're like sisters, and we don't like money coming between us. You know, there are some months that she produced more than me or or vice versa, but at the end of the day, we're running a company, and we put all, um, we, we, um, what's that word? Um, we just, we're like support one another, and there's no envy uh, against each other. We um, we don't let little things bother us. I see a lot of um, partnerships um, blow up or family um, partnerships blow up because of money and greed. Um, it's like I I don't even know how much um, she means to me. It's it's amazing that we've lasted this long. We've seen so many. Um, people tell us, oh, partnerships don't work. How are you guys doing this? How are you guys? I go, you just have to have trust in one another. If you have trust, anything will work. It's just like I was trying to write down my vows for my uh, fiance. The one thing I I lacked with my ex-husband, he never believed in me as a business person or entrepreneur. And my fiance believes believes in me 100%. In the beginning of a relationship, he says, I don't understand why you're always out. You're always running around here, there, so many organizations, so many events. But he says, I get it now because I take him to all my events with me, all my real estate events. He goes, I get it. You do it to network, to get your name out there, to make yourself a better agent. So when you do put offers, people know you, know of you, they trust you, and they want to work with you. So last night I got a phone call from an agent. I when I submitted an offer for one of my clients, I go, my client has been looking for homes for four years. They're getting beat out by cash buyers. She's very frustrated. She's a single mom of two kids, and I wrote this all down in the email. And she showed she showed my email to the sellers. The sellers got three offers, and. My client is FHA, and the other offer is FHA. Yesterday at 3 o'clock, she got an offer, all-cash offer. The sellers read my email and says, I'm a single mom of two kids. I'm going to give the single mom of two kids a break. I'm going to take her offer over the cash offer for more money. That's 
what inspires me to do my real estate career and to do more um, for it. It brings me to tears when she called me and told me that I called my client. She started crying. She goes, no way. And she was so happy. You know, it's like getting beat down over and over again just takes the life out of you. But having someone believing you, giving you a chance means more than money itself. And this is why I love doing what I do. And you inspire me with some of your stories, some like stories of what I just um, share with you. Yeah. It's absolutely why we do what we do, you know. I mean, I feel that this is like one of the best jobs on earth. (laughs) Yes, it is. Is that, you know, what we get to do and the people that we get to work with and the opportunities that we have. And and I know that your fiancé, Chris, is your biggest fan. He is. He's always, like, right there standing behind you, you know, supporting you and encouraging you. And uh, I think that's what can make a great relationship work. I know I'm blessed to have that in Joe. He's, you know, he's my my cheerleader. (laughs) Yeah. It it means it's like having something, having the weight of your shoulder lifted off when you have someone that believes in you and is passionate you know, for for you um, and understand. I travel a lot with women's, women's council now, and he helps me with my kids, make sure that they have food and whatnot, and my kids absolutely adores him. They go to him for anything more than me now because he's more reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> so, They've learned how to work the system. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, it's truly amazing. To, I'm, I'm very blessed that he's going to be an awesome stepfather to my two kids who never really had a father figure in their lives. Yeah. So what's next for you with getting married and all that? Like what, what do you have going on? Um, hopefully grow my team. We're very picky. We don't, um, we don't take just anybody. I do interview. I've turned down lots of people. My team consists of a few agents, and we're actually just like family. We're like brothers and sisters. Um, I, I, me and Judy do not live off the, our team split. They have really high splits. They're, um, I'm, I train them well, and we all get along. We go out together. We eat together. It's just like a family environment, and I hope to inspire other teams to do what we do and to follow what we do. Um, I just love uh, mentoring and working with good agents and surrounding myself with um, good people. Um, well, I'll my... tell you. Whoops, I'm sorry, what? You got it. Oh, so I'll tell you, just having watched you the last few years, I, I just, I'm, I've just been so proud of you and, how you have just really propelled yourself to to success and and put yourself out there and your story is such an inspiration um not only to me but I'm sure all of our listeners that will hear it because it just brings me to tears it's like i think that many times in our in our lives we take things for granted you know i mean i've lived in in california my entire life I've, I lived two hours from where I was born, I, and I've never, ever really, I mean, I've, I've had, you know, my own set of challenges, but nothing compared to 
you know, trying to figure out how to feed your children and, and you know, watching the things that you've seen. So I just oh, think we I take it for granted. We do, and I tell my kids that, you know, it's it's not easy. There are some days when my husband left me, um, there are some days I couldn't afford to do stuff that I want for my kids. I remember one Christmas, I didn't have any money. I didn't make any commissions to buy them Christmas gifts. So I actually took some of my jewelry and sold it just to buy them Christmas presents. I never told them about it, but I wouldn't. Yeah. I would not let kill their dream. Um, I didn't celebrate Christmas until my kids were um, about four or five, because when my mom passed, um, was abducted, they actually found her body on Christmas Eve, and that actually killed my Christmas spirit. And my daughter goes, Mom, how come we don't have a Christmas tree? When they were really little, about three years old, and I was like, you know what, I am i can't do this to my kids. I have to celebrate it, you know. It's not um, yeah. a day of mourning. It's a day of awakening. Um, so I try to, every year, make Christmas the best day of the year for them. And celebration of my mom's life, her life, and being having everything that I have with my kids. And my kids are everything to me. I wake up every day, even if I have no business. When the business was slow, I would look at them and I would find the energy and the drive to do more because of them. I, you know, I feel like my my whole entire life is like, a, um, like the ocean. There's so many waves and so many bigger waves that knock you down, but you just have to get up and get standing again. You do it because of your kids, because, you know, um, they they deserve it. They didn't ask to be brought in this world. They were put in here as a gift um, from God, I believe. There's um, people who want to have kids and can't have kids, so I'm very blessed. So I never take a day for granted. I just want to live each day to the fullest especially after losing one of my best friends two weeks ago, who was supposed to be coming to my wedding. He texted me on Thursday. He was coming to the wedding. He was excited. And then on Sunday, I found out he had a heart attack and passed away. Yeah, life life is is precious. Well, clearly your parents did an extraordinary job of raising you, Samantha, because just every every contact I ever have with you is always inspiring, and I, I think that the world needs to hear your story. And now, you know what you're doing with WCR and supporting women, you know, through Women's Council of Realtors, um, is just a great path for you to follow, so that the world can see what's possible. You know, I think sometimes we get caught up in our own little pity parties and. And uh, we forget that you just got to get out there and, and do whatever it takes to realize your dreams and accomplish your goals. Yeah. Um, my parents dreamt, uh, came to America and they wanted the American dream, the American dream of being a business owner and owning a home. So I hope to keep my mom's legacy going. And, and I've promised her I would take care of my father and 23 years later he's still living with me (laughs) (laughs) I I have not broken my promise to my my mom and some days it's not easy but I bet (laughs) I tell 
my mom loved my dad more than anything. And my dad's remarried, but so him and his wife actually live with me. And I try to well, be the best okay. daughter for my mom, even though she's not here. I know she's looking well, down. Well, I think I definitely think you're an extraordinary woman, and you're definitely um, creating a standard, you know, for others to to live by. And and you're raising extraordinary daughters. They're they're so beautiful and and kind and respectful and. Um, I loved seeing them at your your WCR installation. They were so sweet. So Thank you're you. doing a great job, Mama. <laughs> Thank you. They've never came to any of my events, and they think that I do too much volunteer work. But I wanted to show them that with hard work and dedication, that you can achieve higher goals and help others. One of my most passionate things to do for the last four years is part of the Asian Real Estate Association. We do a Christmas adoption where we go to South Sac. South Sac. We adopt a few families who's nominated by the school, um, and we give them Christmas. We about sixty to a hundred people. We invade their house and we actually give them Christmas dinner, Christmas presents. And it's just amazing to see that people still live in poverty here. Um, we, um, the last couple of years, we've had families of 10 or 12 in a two-bedroom, one-bath house with cockroaches and rat poops and stuff, and that's where they're surviving. They just came to America, and this is how my parents and we live. We lived two families in a two-bedroom apartment at one time, and that's how I grew up you know, is helping one another, getting your start in life. So my my kids love doing the Christmas adoption. I take them to see how others live so they can appreciate more of what they have. And they enjoy it and they don't they don't take anything for granted. They always take their home I mean their foods from the restaurants leftovers home. My fiance laughs, he goes, You guys are the only one that takes leftovers home. He doesn't eat leftovers, but my my kids always eat leftovers because I've starved to death, and I don't want any food to ever go to waste. So I put that in my kids. If you don't finish something, take it home and eat it because you might not have any food in the future, you know. So exactly. my kids, my kids eat their leftovers no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Samantha, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. I've been wanting to to do this for a while to get it recorded so that we can we can share your story with the world. I think you're an amazing woman. I think what you've been through and what you've accomplished is incredible and how you continue to give back at such an extraordinary pace. I think I think is something for all of us to to look towards. You raise the bar for the industry, my friend. Thank you, but you are one of my mentors as long as um, um, our good friend Kate. Um, actually, I owe Kate Tessin my my future because she was the one who inspired me to go on Match.com to find somebody. She says, you, you deserve to find happiness and find love, and that's where I found my fiancé. And it's it's crazy, but with friends along the way that I've met in real estate, it's how I maintain to be success and to actually for the first time have it all. Um, it's finding true love and being happy. That's more than money can ever buy and more than any career that I can 
dream of. I think it's just having that. You deserve it. You deserve every bit of it. So I'm so sorry I'm not going to be able to be at your wedding. You know, I told you Joe and I are going to be, I made plans for being out of town for Valentine's Day, but I wish you nothing but a beautiful day of love and and much, much success and happiness. You deserve every bit of it. So thank you again for being on the show today. And for those of you who are listening, Please feel free to share your comments over on our blog at Masterclass Real Estate Academy and be sure to share this with your friends. We want the whole world to know what is possible and Samantha has shared her story with us today about what you can overcome. So thank you again for joining us, everybody. Go out and make it a fantastic day. Thank you so much, Marguerite. All right. Have a great day, Samantha. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.